0: Globally, we're coming out of a period of two plus years of straight fear with not much possibility. In the simplest of forms, the pandemic was and perhaps still is an existential threat, one that threw the entire system into a fear-based tailspin, prompting many of us to begin to question everything, including whether there really was any possibility left. Welcome to Insert Human. I'm Chris Colbert. As the former managing director of the Harvard Innovation Lab, I realized many things. And one of the things I realized is that the pace of technology-driven change is faster, far faster, than most organizations and most people's ability to change. That gap equals risk, vulnerability, and eventually long-term viability. And it's a particularly troubling gap in the three sectors that underpin modern society, banking, education, and healthcare. It's the biggest existential threat they have, and by extension, we have. Closing the gap requires transformation, and transformation requires a much better understanding of ourselves, because at the end of the day, all transformation is human transformation. That's why I created Insert Human, a weekly conversation with brilliant people about better understanding us, and in doing so, shrinking the gap and increasing the chances of a better outcome for all. Before we dive in today's episode, an offer to all the listeners who are leading some sort of transformation effort. I've learned that the key to a successful transformation, organizations big or small, begins with adopting seven critical habits. And while most of the leaders I've met have nailed some, rarely have I seen any to an innate, really effective level. To find out how you're doing with the seven habits, you can get my guide, The Seven Habits of Highly Transformative Leaders, at chriscolbert.com. I've been thinking a lot about the topic I want to share with you today, and the title of it is Winning the Battle Between Fear and Possibility. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to give a talk to a group of senior executives in Panama on the topic of corporate transformation. In retrospect i think i unnerved some of them maybe all of them because i started and ended my presentation by saying this whatever we seek to transform our planet our country our company our home life or ourselves we can only succeed if the force of possibility within us outweighs the force of fear let me repeat that and just sit with it for a second whatever we seek to transform Our planet, our country, our company, our home life, or ourselves, we can only succeed if the force of possibility within us outweighs the force of fear. I am increasingly convinced that fear and possibility exist within every human configuration as a ratio. To make progress, to succeed at the task of change, that ratio must be right. 100% fear is paralyzing, eliminating any chance of material improvement. And interestingly, 100% possibility is equally problematic, because without a little fear, people are prone to rash decisions, taking undue risk, and ultimately leading to failure. We need the governor and guide of fear to realize our possibility as much as we need the force of possibility itself. I'm coming around to the idea that the optimal ratio within us, within them, within the world is 80% possibility, 20% fear, give or take. For much of my life, I lived with the opposite of that ratio. I was wholly dominated by fear. My fear dominance was likely a function of a highly transient life with more than my fair share of trauma. Fear was also the primary driver of my marriage troubles and eventual divorce. Both of us showed up with too much fear and frankly, not enough possibility. Our overweighted fear possibility ratios got in the way of our shared dreaming, shared desiring, shared truth telling, and collaborating to realize the possibilities of our life together. Sad, but true. I wonder whether successful marriages or partnerships require some sort of fear possibility symbiosis. Would a person who is 100% fearful do well with somebody who is 100% about possibility? Likely not. And what if one person in a partnership decides to reduce their fear and increase their possibility as part of their transformation journey, but the other does not? I'm guessing it would be a difficult path for both. Speaking of paths, the path of personal transformation is really a path of working through your fears to realize your possibility. And it's a path that tracks really directly with Maslow's five stages of need. The first two stages, physiological need, which is all about food, water, and shelter, And the second stage, safety need, are survival needs, needs based on fear. The third stage need, love and belonging, has fear in it too, as in we fear being alone. But I think it also has a sense of possibility. In fact, I think it's a bridge to the last two stages of need, self-esteem and self-actualization. Both needs which are decidedly about possibility. As I shared, most of my life, I lived in fear-need mode, those survival needs at the bottom of the hierarchy, fixated on providing and protecting, not on realizing my possibility. Thanks to a decade of therapy and a lot of really supportive people and guides, I found my way to a different ratio. Ironically, most of the organizations I have run have been successful in part because I made possibility the tenor of our strategic plans, the focus of our operating contexts and the primary purpose of our leaders and managers, specifically helping every employee realize that their possibility to help the organization realize its possibility. For some reason, early on, I was able to completely flip my fear possibility ratio when it came to my business. I would put on my three-piece suit, yes, we wore things like that back then, and it became my suit of armor. There was nothing I could not do and no possibility that we could not realize together. The fear thing was relegated to the corner of the conference room. The recent rise of purpose in corporations and more and more employees demanding it is really a demand for more possibility and less fear. People want more than jobs, and particularly the fear of not having a job. They want the possibility of having an impact, of doing something bigger than themselves, something more important than their paycheck. Daniel Pink, the author of Drive, confirmed this when he stated that most employees want three things, the ability to achieve mastery in their role, some sense of autonomy or freedom, and finally, a sense of purpose. I think all three are really about possibility. So let's take a pause right now and ask ourselves three questions. Are we or the people we work with able to achieve mastery? Do we or they have autonomy? And have we given them, them or us, a sense of purpose? Fundamentally, is our organization an organization of possibility or an organization of fear? And specifically, what is the ratio? How much possibility versus how much fear? Let's think about that for a second. Another trending topic in today's corporate hallways is the matter of psychological safety, a term that came out of a 2012 study by Google called Project Aristotle. They sought to understand why some teams at Google were far more productive and far more innovative than the other teams. And here's what they learned. The teams that felt psychologically safe to speak up, to disagree, to challenge their boss, to present bold ideas, to be human, were the ones that excelled. And they excelled because they were being guided by possibility and not by fear. So another question to ask ourselves is, how psychologically safe do I feel at work? Or how psychologically safe do the people that work for me feel? And then how could we make it different? How can we change the ratio? By the way, for those that are interested, I have an entire methodology on how exactly to do that, but we're not going to get into it here. Reach out via Chris at chriscolbert.com. So one last comment on the corporate version of the fear versus possibility wrestling match. Thanks to technology, virtually every major corporation in the world is rushing to undertake what has been called digital transformation, to adopt the digital technologies and processes that will significantly improve top and bottom line performance. A recent study by IDC suggested that almost $7 trillion will be spent globally on digital transformation by the end of 2023. That's twice the total GDP of South America. The interesting part is that most of those investments will fail to deliver the results expected. In fact, as much as 84%, according to another study. And the reason why is because digital transformation requires human transformation. The humans must change to adopt the new technologies and processes. And most humans don't want to change because they are afraid of it. And more specifically, they're afraid of losing their jobs. If the corporate world wants to succeed at digital transformation, they should focus on one thing, increasing the sense of possibility and reducing the sense of fear. The fact is the fear possibility battle is alive and well within our companies, our countries and in the world. Globally, we're coming out of a period of two plus years of straight fear with not much possibility in the simplest of forms the pandemic was and perhaps still is an existential threat one that threw the entire system into a fear-based tailspin, prompting many of us to begin to question everything, including whether there really was any possibility left. As we slowly emerged from our forced cocoon, we looked around the world and saw nothing but fear. From the growing climate extremes and the alarming rise of autocracies to the conspiracy theory, insanities, and the militant dividing that is happening around the world, fear seems to be everywhere. America right now seemed to be operating on 100% fear. Think about that in contrast to the longstanding promise of the American dream, an ideal that was all about possibility. What happened to that dream? I'm going to argue that we, like most empires, just followed the standard arc, the arc of rise and fall, because in the beginning, every empire is about possibility. At some point, America referred to realizing its possibility as our manifest destiny, Fear was pushed away. Possibility was held high by all. The American flag and the American dream became a symbol both for freedom and for possibility. But over time, like all empires, as our economic gains became greater and greater, more fear seeped into the system and the ratio began to invert. We became more afraid of what we might lose than excited about what we might gain that transition from possibility dominant to fear dominant has happened to every empire, from the British to the Assyrians. America is just the latest example. The rampant fear in the U.S. today is also fueled largely by the fear of loss, specifically the loss of power, privilege, rule, status, and jobs of, dare I say, mostly white men. Immigration is about the fear of loss. Racism is about the fear of loss. Anti-elitism and anti-intellectualism are both about the fear of loss. I even think abortion rights are about the fear of loss. Populism and nativism are entirely fear-based propositions, and nobody played them more effectively than America's former president, Donald Trump. He brilliantly tapped into both sides of the fear-possibility ratio by attaching to the fear of loss and to the possibility of making America great again. For a sizable percentage of the American public, he got the fear possibility waiting just right. Our current administration and the systems that are underpinning American society appear to be fumbling with that ratio, and specifically ignoring the need for more possibility, more hope, more aspiration. Their stance seems reactive, remedial, and pretty much fear-based, and they appear to fear losing. As grateful as I am that Joe Biden won the US presidency in 2020, his inaugural speech called for unity should have actually called for opportunity about possibility for all. America needs a plan of possibility, a renewed and nonpartisan effort to realize more for more people, for all people. A fear dominant agenda will only accelerate the decline of our empire and the divides that we are suffering terribly from. The climate crisis also has a fear possibility waiting issue. My sense is that for most people, it's a 99% fear proposition with very little possibility. The problem is that in this case, the current form of fear is somewhere between paralyzing or ignorable. As a rallying cry, fear really only works when the threat is imminent and personal. The problem with climate is that the fear is still too intellectual, too abstract, and too far from our daily reality. If I actually can't see what the microplastics in my body are doing to my body, why should I change my ways? If the rising sea levels are not lapping at my front door, why should I change my ways? If the drought in the West is destroying crops, but I can still get whatever I want at Whole Foods, why should I change my ways? Imagine if we recast the climate crisis as possibility, the opportunity not just to mitigate the consequences of climate change, but to bring all living things together in a far more natural, sustainable, and symbiotic relationship. What if the story of climate was the story of the next generation of life on Earth? Perhaps people might actually want to get involved. I know it's hard for us to imagine fear-possibility ratios changing. It's a legit concern. But I am living, walking proof that someone dominated by fear can flip the terms. The fact is the fear-possibility ratio in every aspect of life is not fixed. We can change it. It's just a matter of motivation and taking action. How much do we want to live a life or run a company or exist on a planet guided by possibility versus fear? Once we find the motivation to change the weighting, we can then take advantage of a framework that I call the emotional spectrum tool. The tool based on a book titled The Course of Miracles by Ellen Schussman and recommended to me by my dear friend, Melissa Haya, The author makes a convincing argument that the two foundational emotions of our existence together and alone are fear and love. And that all other emotions are derived from those two things. So the journey of any transformation is really a matter of first recognizing the battle and then committing to reducing the fear and all the darkness it carries and embracing the love and all the lightness it delivers. To my mind, love is possibility. Regret, shame, doubt, worry, sadness, anger are all dark manifestations of fear. Let us push them away or at least put them in the corner. Belonging, confidence, happiness, satisfaction, belief, joy, elation, are all light manifestations of love, of possibility. Let us hold them high. As each of us moves forward with our day, our life, our relationships, we should ask ourselves a couple of questions. What's the fear-possibility ratio at work here? And which one is winning the battle? And the second question is, am I okay with that? My wish for the world and you at every level is a life of possibility. Thanks for listening today. Wherever you are as a leader on your transformation journey, you'll find more helpful resources at chriscolbert.com from more podcast episodes and my film talks from around the globe to my blog and books. And if you're a CEO or leader interested in getting my advice, you can reach me there too. Just head over to chriscolbert.com.